dude, you texted that, and I and I and I texted you back, and I just kept thinking about it. I'm like, this is the game that the 49ers would lose. I just, I just kept thinking about it. I'm like, a game that fucking doesn't matter. Jarrett Stidham on the other fucking side, like it doesn't even make any sense. This would be the game. Well, right. So Stidham, so here's the problem. I thought, let's just see what happens. Let's get a quarter in and see what happens. Yeah. Problem you know was it came out firing. <laughs> You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to Huddle Up, a football podcast. I'm Tony, as always, joined by Corey and Daniel, as always, on a Wednesday night, as always. Hello. Uh, different show, different feel. Before we get into that, we were talking about, and we'll talk about it again in the best bets, but we were, we were in it for a second. Last week's game with the Niners was the third leg of a three-leg parlay. I've been doing, um, I guess this is good. We'll, we'll use this kind of as a promotion for the best bets because sometimes I'm sure these people who start listening to the show stop listening well before we get to the best bets of the week and may not even know that we do this. But... Uh, every week, Corey and Daniel do the best bets of the week, where basically they just give their favorite picks. Corey does the the uh, the lines of the game. Daniel does the over-unders. And then I'll take two or three or four, one time I did five, of their bets and make them into a parlay. I've done really, really well. And I say really well, but I make 20 or $25 bets. You know, I'm not betting a lot of money here, but I'm winning money by parlaying my favorite two of their of their bets. They have winning, both of them are winning records. Maybe. I didn't look into this week. But as of, as of last week, they both had winning records. So I had a good luck parlaying two or three of these and hit making some money. One of my favorite strategies was to parlay two 1 o'clock games. When those hit, I can either cash out or ride out the late game. <clears throat> Typically, $25 turns into about 80 bucks when I do that. This week, I, had, I sat on the third game, something I haven't done on a, just a three-leg parlay. It'd be the first, first time all season that I sat through. And it was because the Niners were favored to win by 10. That's a big line. But I thought there was no way in the world they couldn't cover it. What do we, what do we have? What happened? Wrong-o. What happened, Daniel? <laughs> what happened to that? Team that had nothing to lose. Jared Stidham, he knew his job interview started then. And uh, Derek Carr was no more. So he's like, you know, I'm going to come out firing and see if this team wants to keep me around. You know, I liked the spread at 10 with Derek Carr. With Stidham, I thought it might be more like 14. And that's a big spread. 10's a huge spread. <laughs> like, 10's huge. Yeah. Um, I don't know they got Devontae Adams, right? And, like, they got playmakers. Josh Jacobs got a little bit banged up, I think I remember, uh, early in the game. Then I was like, oh, crap. Now they don't have their star running back. They're on a backup quarterback. I was like, damn, I'm rolling this thing out. And, and what do you know? I ended up losing the bet. So the point of this is, don't be afraid to cash out. Because I sent the message. I planned on cashing out this game, but I didn't. And now I lost all my money. That's the point. Yeah, I was <clears throat> I was watching that game, and I think at that point, um, all my other bets avoided. And when I had bet this game, I, I teased it a little bit, <clears throat> which I probably shouldn't say on the podcast. But um, it was basically irrelevant to me, but I still wanted to win it for the podcast. And... 
the Niners were up three towards the area. I think they were up seven in the, in the fourth quarter. And dude, I was just holding on for like three minutes left. I'm like, just, just to pick six, just give me something fluky to finish this thing out. And it never, it never came. And once overtime hit, it's obviously never going to happen, but I was definitely with you there, Tony. I was hanging on. Yeah. I, I did the thing too. So Stidham came out, let a good drive crushed the parlay just completely destroyed it with with that leading touchdown so my thought process was i got greedy because it went back to 80 dollars and a buyout when when san francisco tied it up and i thought in my mind i said okay if i can turn 25 bucks into a hundred dollars i'm cashing out like when that hits i'm taking it and i'm leaving my dumbass had the opportunity to leave again and i didn't leave hard lesson to learn but lessons learned when you set a boundary for yourself you have to stick to it i didn't it cost me 25 dollars the way I always look at it is the casino is going to win. The sports book is going to win. So if you have a chance to win, you fucking win, baby. That's all that matters. If you make money, you win. Fair there's enough. No shame in, there's no shame in cashing out. Absolutely. That gives me a transition. And go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I was going to just talk about the other side of the ball. No, go ahead. I, I would have had all the confidence in the world with, uh, with San Francisco also. And it was a really cool stat. Uh, Brock Purdy before the game was the only QB since Dan Marino. Well, I guess yeah. him and Dan Marino were the only QB since 1950 to throw for at least two touchdown passes and have a passer rating of at least a hundred in their first three career starts. And uh, it was really cool. I watched a press conference and I wanted to find the quote and I found it. He said, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I'm not a big fan of, of stats and all, but that, when it's Dan Marino, that's really cool because they, his whole family grew up Dolphins fans. And that's the reason he wears number 13 is because his favorite player is Dan Marino. That's cool. So that, that is really cool. And then he went out and did it again. So there's probably some crazy stats out there that I've not found yet. Um, since he did it a fourth time in a row, but yeah, just thought I'd throw that little tidbit in there. While we move on, I just wonder, can you look up if Dan Marino did that in his first four games? Uh, well, now Brock Purdy's done it in the first five because that was uh, two weeks ago. But uh, Roger that. Yeah, let me see. While you're while you're talking, I'll, I'll look it up. Got it. Daniel, brought, Corey brought up a good point. If you can win against the casino, always win. It's always about winning. But something happened that we have to discuss that made it very clear that sometimes in football, winning doesn't fucking matter. Everybody knows the situation by now. DeMar Hamlin made a routine tackle against T. Higgins. Stood up, passed out, CPR on the field, game was postponed. We all know the story. I feel like we have to acknowledge it. We have to say something. This is the first time I've actually said something about it out loud. And it's kind of a weird thing. Like, I've got chills in my spine to think of, like, to reliving it and thinking it all the way through. I didn't think I would feel this way. I remember understanding how serious the situation was. But now to actually talk about it out loud, I'm processing it a little differently, if that makes sense. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think there have been times where we see a really terrible hit and a player goes down. <clears throat> I think about even Nick Foles. Not to bring the Colts into it, but recently Nick Foles took, took an injury that had him. I thought he was having a seizure on the field. Yeah, I think he was just in a lot of pain. Could have just been in a lot of pain. But from your couch, you don't really know what's happening, right? And you think, oh my God, are we watching somebody die? Like that happens. And probably once a season, America sits down on their couch and thinks they're watching somebody die. Come to find out, the guy jumps up, 
walks up the field, he's carted off with a thumbs up, whatever it is, and we know that we didn't watch a player die. It's like, oh, great, maybe he's just got a broken leg. Like, that's not a big deal. This time was different. This time was like a normal hit, a regular tackle, what they're taught to do, coached to do, and immediately, without a violent collision, everybody knew they might have just watched somebody die. Nobody understood why or how or what happened. So, <clears throat> luckily, if you haven't heard the update on Hamlin, I'm happy to give it to you. He was placed on a ventilator in the hospital. They restored his heartbeat on the field. Went to the hospital, placed on a ventilator because he wasn't able to breathe on his own. That has been reduced now to 50% ventilation, so he is able to breathe on his own. Uh, they've, they've started rotating him and moving him, so there's not significant injury to uh, his structure, right? His, he didn't, didn't suffer spinal injuries or anything like that. They're moving him all around. The reason they're doing that is, I don't think, not a lot of people have talked about this part, but he had 10 minutes of CPR on the field, and that's like serious trauma. Like CPR itself is major trauma. When people don't understand that when you're giving somebody CPR, a lot of times you break their ribs uh, just by pressing down to keep their heart beating because that's what it is. Um, so probably what's happened is Hamlin suffered pretty extensive damage to his lungs just from getting the, the CPR that he needed to save his life. So what's going on now is they're moving him around, making sure his lungs have a chance to heal, and they'll reduce that from 50% down to 0%. I'm not a doctor. It's been a long time since I've had any medical training at all, but there was a time where I was, where I was very comfortable to give somebody CPR. I understood what it meant, how to do it, and what the consequences of it could be. And I think that's what we're seeing now. Um, I don't foresee a long-term injury out of this. I think that, that we've got to really give a lot of credit to the NFL here because if it had been 60 seconds or 90 seconds later, we might be talking about a man with brain damage, like permanent, a man who's lost forever. Um, I don't know how else to say. Like hats off to the NFL. Yeah. To the coaches, to the training staff, everything that happened, um, as unfortunate as it is for everything that's not, you know, that doesn't matter. Like, because it worked the way it's supposed to, I think we're going to get to see him again. I think he's going to play football again. What were your thoughts, guys? I've talked enough about it. Like, what was, how did you guys feel? What did you experience? What did you see? All of that. Yeah. So, first of all, I guess thoughts go out to DeMar Hamlin and his family. There's not really anything I can say that nobody has. Um, I, I, I'm a little worried about the future of his football career just because, you know, when that heart stops beating, the oxygen stops going to the brain, there is, you know, very likely chance of brain damage. Not a lot of people survive cardiac arrest. Um, and a lot of times there is brain damage afterwards. I hope that's not the case, but <clears throat> I, I, I would, I don't think, you know, you said you think he'll play again. I don't, I, I wouldn't expect that to happen. I guess I, it's too hard to tell. I mean, he's still, it sounds like he's still in a coma. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I guess it's hard to, it's hard to know. Um, I think it's cool. All the sport he's got his, his little fundraiser. That was his goal was $2,500 is up to 6 million plus, which is absolutely wild. Um, I guess my, my only thought that might be a little bit different on everything is, you know, what, what makes me tear up is thinking about when he does come to and assuming he's coherent and can understand the situation is him seeing all the love that everybody's provided to him. I mean, 
I think Adam Schefter retweeted like TJ McConnell, you know, an NBA basketball player wearing his jersey into a game tonight. Um, he's going to see that fundraiser that's got six million dollars. That I mean, that that daycare that he's that's intertwined with that fundraiser. You couldn't fit six million dollars worth of toys into that daycare. It's not possible. Like that, it's just so insane. Like when he wakes up and the feelings he's going to have, and he's going to realize, you know, how much love he received. It's going to be absolutely unbelievable. And I mean, that's what makes me tear up is just thinking about him recovering and, you know, seeing what everybody's done for him. Um, yeah, just, yeah, very interesting situation. Obviously, the game stopped. Um, on the broadcast, you know, a couple of Bills players have gone down and then that one happened and then they went to break and then they come back from break and it's still going on. Oh, uh, the other point I was going to make, you they come back from the broadcast and – I think the players, what really set the players off, because typically you don't see players crying on the field, is the CPR. When they saw that happening, that, I mean, it's not normal for a player to receive CPR. That means their life is in jeopardy and they're trying to be revived. That's what what set the players off, is watching him receive that CPR. But, yeah, absolutely. He couldn't, that couldn't have happened to him in a better place. Obviously, there's a lot of professional staff that's around and just incredible that they're able to get them stabilized it sounds like get them out of there and uh be where they're at now so he's still alive which is great news and daniel before we move on to you i want to address something that i said Corey. you're right it, i was insensitive to say it the way i did i don't think that demar hamlin is gonna play football again like that's insensitive for me to say it's not something to even talk about right now i guess the thought that i was thinking that i didn't articulate well enough is what you just said at the end Outside of in the emergency room, in a trauma care unit, I don't know if there's a better place in the country to have cardiac arrest than on the field in an NFL game. And what I meant by that is if Hamlin ever wants to play football again, which doesn't matter right now, but I think because of the situation that this happened in, he's going to have an opportunity to make that decision. I guess that's, what I, was, chance. that's what I was trying to say. It, and I, yeah, I don't want to get lost on that. Another thing I want to point out, $6 million for a fundraiser is a lot of money. But here's something interesting to put the $6 million in perspective. And I didn't think about this. As you were talking, I looked it up. Uh, Hamlin agreed to a four-year, $3.6 million contract. He's going to wake up with almost twice of his salary have being donated to his charity in a matter of a week. I mean, you want to talk about support. Like, dude, that's yeah. I got more shills, like twice his salary in a week. Daniel, you have thoughts? Yeah, I actually, I was kind of busy and actually wasn't even watching the game. And I, my phone just started blowing up. And, you know, I got a couple texts like, dude, are you watching this? And, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's a good game and I'm missing it. You know, something crazy just happened. And then I got a couple more texts and I looked at it. And like, I was in the middle of a discussion with my wife and I was like, hold on. Uh, I was like mid sentence. I was like, stop. We need to turn on this game right now because someone just told me that a guy is receiving CPR on the freaking football field. And like, we turned it on and you could just see players crying. And like, we were just sitting there watching this like speechless. We were literally mid conversation. Can't even remember what it was about. And then it all just stopped and we didn't speak for like 15 minutes and we're just watching this live broadcast. And it was just, I, I think it hit everybody. You know, it, it was like you said, Tony, it's not just like a normal 
injury, you know, like we see bad injuries every year, like Dak, you know, shattering his ankle that time and, you know, guys getting their legs and arms and stuff broken. And then, you know, they get carried off the field and everyone's like, you know, peace, this, the rest of this game's for you. And then they go on playing and everyone moves on. But, um, this, this did just really hit different. And, um, I, that fundraiser is the coolest thing that's come out of this. Um, I just, I just updated my phone. It's, it's over 6.9 million now. It's going to hit 7 million by the morning. Um, which is, which is awesome. Um, I was going to mention that, that his goal is 2,500. Yeah, well, that's dude. a fake goal. You know, that's, a, that's a fake well, goal. No, no, because he, you know, he wasn't a super high draft pick and he started this before the season started, I guess. And so it was a realistic goal, I think. And now, you know, Bill's mafia, there, there's not a better fan base in sports. I don't think anybody could argue that. I mean, they, they found it and they just start chucking money at it. And then, you know, a lot of people just followed suit. And I, I think that is just really cool. And like you said, Corey, I really, I really hope that he is able to wake up fully. Like I've, I've pictured this in my head multiple times where I kind of just space out and just like picture him waking up and realizing what has happened, you know, cause he, he will have been, you know, virtually unconscious in his mind for days yeah he won't and, even uh, remember like the, the, he probably won't yeah. even remember playing the game like it's, yeah he probably won't even remember who they were playing i mean that he was an nfl player you know he'll just wake up in the hospital and just be you know uh, hopefully you know more than like a brain dead you know patient so i i really hope that um he's he's gonna wake up and realize what the world has done for him and um, th- th- there's not enough that the world can do for him. You know, that was kind of, I guess, bad mentioning by me, but, uh, what the world is doing to try and, to try and help out a- a- as much as they can. But yeah, it's absolutely traumatic and, um, we'll see where the NFL goes from here. We will. I don't know. Um, I don't know how to leave that conversation, honestly, to be quite honest with, with you. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's I want to say it's a game. Go ahead. It's a game that has big implications, but also at the same time, it's like people don't want to like go on to Twitter and like trash, you know, <laughs> the NFL, like, come on, we have a game to play. You know, there's a lot of, you know, cause the Bengals, they were not only trying to shoot for that number one C, but they were also trying to shoot to win their division and they had to win that game to win the division. And the Bills were trying to go for the number one seed as well. And now it's kind of like, you know, people are kind of thinking it, but they don't want to say it because it may sound insensitive, but this is, this is a big game. And the NFL, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next with if they're going to make that game up or if, if they're just going to, you know, call it a no contest. I mean, there's a lot of discussion about that. So I don't know what their plan is with that. So there you go. You gave, you gave us a transition. So I think let's leave the conversation where we left it. I want to say once and for all, everything that we say from here on out is not to be insensitive. Um, ultimately, DeMar Hamlin is the focus. Health is number one priority. He is yeah. absolutely the focus. It does that. We do have questions. It's fair to have questions. What does this mean? Oh, hey, hey. I did want to mention something. Sorry. Hate to Really hate to go back. This is something I was going to mention. I watched a very in-depth video today. Um, it was like... 20 something minutes long. I watched all of it because I was sucked in. It was a, it was a medical doctor and he was a heart specialist. Okay. And he said that this is a very, very, like he couldn't stress how rare this was. I'm glad but you it was said a rare, 
go ahead. I've got, uh, I will yeah. add onto that. Keep going. Cause I've got a yeah, couple very, very rare condition, but also, um, the hit that he suffered, he, he even went through this diagram of how the heart beats, right? You know, you, you see on the graph, you know, every time a heartbeat, it, it goes up and down and at the point of impact, that he had with T Higgins in his chest, like the chest trauma, it, it could have happened hundreds and hundreds of times over again. And it wouldn't have had the same effect. He said it had to have been dialed in and that chest trauma hit had to have happened absolutely when it did. It was a complete anomaly for, for the results to have happened the way they did. And it was an extremely rare. I have the stats crazy. For that. I have the, I have the number. Yeah, go, go ahead. I, the go ahead. I don't have it in front of me. The yeah. timing of the impact was on the upstroke of the T wave, which is 1% of the cardiac, sorry, cardiac, car, cardiac cycle. Thanks for letting me get through that. Uh huh. Which is 20 to 40 milliseconds before a peak of a T wave. We're talking about 20 to 40 milliseconds of time. Another yeah. key takeaway is there are less than 30 cases a year. This does happen. It's not hope, high profile, right? But a, less than 30 times a year, this happens. Super rare. Think about all the people in the world. Billions less than 30 of people, cases. right? Yeah. It's happened. Yeah. Um, it's primarily an electrical event. It's not necessarily an impact thing. It has to do with like the electricity that runs in our bodies. We forget that we're like electrical i don't know i don't know i don't know enough sure. about it to to, to go yeah. past that <laughs> yeah. but it, it yeah. was an electric event um yeah and and it goes back to one percent the timing of the impact for this to occur uh occurs during one percent of the cardiac cycle so that's how rare it is um, yeah crazy pretty pretty, pretty crazy. freaking wild um but yeah but yeah sorry i hate to derail us uh but yeah go ahead that's okay i, I don't that's okay um, Tony, we've got a question in chat. You want to read it? Uh, I'm not. I'm not looking at it. Why don't you read it? Yeah, I got you. GZ uh, Doctor Forever. Do you think this tragedy will change youth football? On the pro level, the CBA and the owners have to get together. But on the youth level, they are watching this too. Do you see kids wearing chest pads like MLB umpires, but on the football field? I think it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. You know, I think this will educate us on how crazy of an anomaly it was and if anything people will be more educated on like that the fact that this isn't going to be a normal and so you know it's not like a concussion you know to where we can protect the head in different ways and a lot of technology there i don't think that there's there's anything that could have could have really prevented this you know they already have kind of chest pads and if you add more chest pads there you know i'm not a doctor but say at the point of impact, it was hard enough to where even if he had extra pads there, that it would have done the same thing. Yeah. So uh, I, I think I, it'll educate us more and more on what Tony yeah. was talking about. It's a crazy anomaly. So I don't, th I don't think anything changes. I disagree a little bit, Daniel. I think because I, this isn't about, so the question was about youth football, but when we talk about youth football, there's another driver there and that's going to be the parents. Parents know they're educated about risks. You're right. They know about the risk of concussions. They know about the risk of broken bones, obviously. Um, everything that comes along with those things. Unfortunately, although this has happened to other sports, we've seen it in hockey. Um, there was a thing going around on Twitter, I had seen it before, where a man took a hockey puck to the chest. Same exact situation. In that 1%, he took a hockey puck in the wrong spot, stopped his heart right there on the horde. I mean, it happens once in a while. The yeah, problem I mean, is, the problem a, comes a... into when mom and dad see that 
1%. And they, they wonder, do I want my eight-year-old son or daughter? I hope, honest to God, there are women who can play football. I hope to God that one day we can start seeing, it's a different conversation, but um, do I want my child? Yeah, way different. <laughs> in, a, in a position where they might just die, like with, with nothing to do. You know, if that happens at a youth league, we're not talking about the NFL anymore. Uh, the parents know that. The parents know that when it happens at the at the NFL level, probably, I mean, I'm guessing, I still believe that at the end of the day, DeMar Hamlin, despite everything terrible that's happened to him, he's going to be okay because of what happened. If this happened on a high school field, we would be talking about a very different situation. If we if this was because a high school... Because of the medical professionals? Correct. If this was a high school situation, God forbid a youth league situation, we'd be talking about a dead kid. Maybe it's happened before. You know, it sure happened it on a national stage Monday night. Maybe it's happened before in a football game that we just don't know about. And so I think awareness is definitely a part of it. I, do I think it's going to affect youth leagues? Yes. Do I think it's going to affect youth leagues so bad that it'll be a detriment to the long-term success of the NFL or for football in general? No. I think at the end, everybody's, everybody's going to recover from this. Uh, but, but yeah, I think there, there are young men and women who will not be playing contact sports because of what happened on a primetime Monday game. Yeah, I could definitely see that. There's going to be some parents that are going to shy away because of that. But I think the difference between, say, the like I remember in Little League Baseball, there was a point where somebody asked me to wear a chest pad. It was about this big. Um, and the kind of the same thing with hockey. you got a small, really hard object that moves really fast. And I think, you know, we've been playing NFL, you know, American football for over a hundred years now. And how many players have we heard about that went into cardiac arrest on the field? So the odds are really low, but in a game like baseball or hockey, if that thing hits your chest the ball or the puck, I think there's more, there's more things that could go wrong besides what happened to DeMar Hamlin. Like there's other heart issues. I'm sure that could arise. And I don't know all the specifics and, um, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but I'm sure there's more complications you can encounter than what DeMar Hamlin encountered. I think it was just a super freak accident. Um, I, I, like, I don't see any NFL players retiring because of this and saying, you know, we, this is too big of a risk for me to take. I, I think everybody understands how freak of an accident this was. And I, I don't remember what the stats were you read on the actual condition and what happened, but it, we may never see it again. Like it's just, it One just, hap- it just happened to happen. Like, and it's crazy. Yep. It is crazy. I'm ready to set it aside. I think we've got our, I think we got our sentiment out, like moving forward for the rest of the show. Uh, we don't mean to be insensitive. We have questions and we want to kind of work through them together. What does it mean? What's next? What's going to happen? Um, we talked about the implications for the game, which seems irrelevant. Again, I feel so guilty even talking about what does it matter um, for the game when clearly the coaches, the players, they don't care, but it matters. Like we're, we're talking about the national football league. Like we need, we need a resolve. Um, what, what do we think happens with the game? I personally don't see the game being played. I don't see we can get scheduled. There's not enough time in the season. Although it's a very important game. It's not important enough considering um, the situation I don't think it's important enough to move the playoffs. I don't think it's important enough to move the Super Bowl. And one of those two things has to happen in order to make this game happen. So with that in mind, 
do you see the NFL is more likely to call the game as it stands with one quarter of play? Do you think they're going to call it a draw? No contest? Nobody wins? Like, what do you guys see happening here? And do you think the game's going to be played? I guess I don't mean to say that it won't be just because I don't think it will be. I just don't see a way they can get it scheduled. I don't either. Um, I guess the implications of that not happening, like if they don't play the game and finish it out, uh, I was playing with the ESPN's playoff predictor. Uh, they've they've just taken the game out and moved on to week 18. Um, Bengals don't have any chance of taking the one seed. So I think the only way something like that would happen is if the Bengals kind of stir the pot and say, hey, we really want to play this game so we can get the one seed. But I don't see that happening just because they were on the field. They understand what the situation was. And I think as a football team with, you know, the confidence you have and, you you know, whether you're on the gridiron, like if we're a Super Bowl team, we're going to we can play an extra game. We can earn it. You know, we don't need to have that one seed to be Super Bowl champs. You know, I think they can talk themselves out of having to play that last game. And especially out of respect for the Bills, like, I, I don't think this game will be played. I think it'll just, it'll either go as a tie or just be left off the schedule either way. And every, I've, I've heard some other people say it's going to be real confusing on the, like the tiebreakers and how they seed everything. It's not going to be confusing. It's going to be as if, you know, in the middle of the season, one team has had a buy and one team hasn't. They're, the standings are adjusting adjusted accordingly. Like they're, the, it's going to go to tiebreakers and somebody's going to have the one seed and somebody isn't. And unfortunately, the Bengals are going to get the short short end of that stick if the game isn't played. I think that's what's going to happen. So a couple things with that. I um, At least both teams have made the playoffs. Um, at least it's not, you know, something hanging on the fringe of like deciding, you know, a playoff team or not. Um, Cause I think that's a bigger deal than seeding in the playoffs. I mean, look, Corey made a point, look at the Bengals last year. They didn't have the number one seed. They didn't have the two, the three. So, um, and they still made the Super Bowl. Um, one, one theory that I uh, saw tossed around today, which I kind of liked is play week 18, just fine as it is. And then that following week, play the NFC wildcard games and the Bengals versus the Bills. And then you have the NFC wildcard and then the AFC final deciding game being played on the same weekend. And then the AFC is just a week behind. You get two weeks break for the for the Super Bowl anyway, you know. So why not just have I know it kind of gives the NFC an edge, but um, you would have a two-week break for the NFC and a one-week break still for the AFC, and that was a that was a solution that I I, I kind of liked. I could agree with that. I could agree with that solution. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, I really like that a lot. I could agree with that solution if after this week's games, that game decides the one seed. So I'd have to look at the playoff predictor. I th- who's who's one right now? Um, Got to Kansas City yeah. Chiefs. Right. So I, I think because, it's, because of the yeah, like if the Chiefs win this week, I think they're still the one seed. I believe that's correct. So, like, if the Chiefs win this week, I say you just leave the schedule, you just leave it alone, and then you know they're just, they're just not going to have as high of a seating. But let's say the Chiefs lose, I would definitely be open to that option. Here's the thing, too: it's not only the the Bills, you know, side for getting the number one seed. Um, if the Bengals would have lost, this game would have decided the AFC North division winner and the wild card spot. 
for the Ravens Bengals game this week. So that would have mean that, that would have meant that one team hosts a playoff game and the other team goes away and uh, that that could mean big things and then also with the Lamar uh, Jackson, you know, variable. He it doesn't look like he's going to be coming back this week because it kind of seems like it doesn't matter right now. Um, the Ravens already clinched the playoff spot, but then if the if that game is just you know, it's, you know, it's a no contest, then the Bengals secure the AFC North. So this week essentially doesn't matter for the Ravens, and so why rush Lamar back? But if it was a game that decided the division, Lamar would maybe play. So that's something that won't be decided until, you know, later and we won't know about it. So, so that, that right there tells me we're going to have an answer to this question probably by this weekend. I would think so. Here's what we're I expect. Gonna, we're going to know what's going to happen. So yep, I would think so. I'm honestly floored with the way that this has been handled across not only the league, but social media, like the teams, like every, like every Every living person that gives a shit about football has handled this situation like so respectfully. There are some trash cans out there that like, well, what about my fantasy football team? I'm like, dude, like we were going to talk about fantasy. We don't have time. We're, we're not going to talk about our fantasy teams. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's huge though. It's huge. It's, it's huge. building I the mean, NFL like, you know, it, it it's building the exposure. They were assholes. The like, there were so much fantasy. They were yeah, assholes yeah. that were talking about that. that. Like, while he's on the field, like, people were fucking piping off about it. Like, fuck those guys. Without, with those guys aside, like, that's a minority. I'm amazed at the composure that, I mean, hats off to the coaches. I'm, we're not playing this game, they said. Like, I need to be in the hospital with my boy, is what he said. I watched that Zach Taylor interview yeah. today. Like, it was really good. Like, hats off to all of them. I do he think, was talking about Sean, obviously, but yeah. I think as as Hamlin recovers, when it's appropriate to do so, the league will make an announcement about what they're going to do with this game. I think until we know, without a doubt, the future of Demar Hamlin, it's going to be it's going to be quiet from the league. I don't yeah. expect, I don't expect him to pipe up and, and reschedule anything until we know he's regained consciousness and he's alive and well. Okay, now let's get back to football. I, th- I think the only problem with that is, is he may not be, we may not have that answer for, you know, it could happen by this weekend, but I think there's a chance that we may not have that answer for a month. Like, I think that's going to drive this decision. Ultimately. Yeah. yeah. If we don't have an answer for a month on his condition, that tells me even strongly more that they're not going to play this game. Yeah. hundred percent. I, yeah. I guess I, yeah. I, I think we're having a lot of good discussion here. Like this has been good and I don't, I don't think we should rush it off. Like I just real quick, like there's a, there's a league that we're all involved in where the championship is really close. The fantasy football championship. Um, and there's players on both teams that are involved in this game. I guess, how do you guys think the, this final week should be resolved in your fantasy league? If this is the situation, if if it's a close game, there's a chance for both teams to win. How would you guys resolve the situation? Go ahead, Daniel. Um, I guess I'm, I'm built a little differently. You know, there's such thing as a trophy guy. And then I, I'm not really that I would say split the winnings and whoever is up wins the league. I completely agree. If, if, if I was behind, 
even if I, you know, if I was behind and had Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs stack, you know, and I was down by 30 something points and, you know, they've done that every year, you know, every week of the year, I would say, Hey, let's just split it and you're up. So you win. Let's, let's roll the off season. I'm in that same boat. So the, the league I'm talking about is on sleeper. Sleeper has made the decision to just call the leagues. They've sent out the trophy notifications. In my opinion, you know, one and two, they, they decide what they do with their winnings, if there are winnings, and whoever Sleeper has deemed as the winner goes on the trophy. So that sounds easy. Differently, Tony? Um, I, I don't think I necessarily personally agree differently. I think of it as a commissioner's point of view. And again, I want to acknowledge that I was in multiple championship matches and the conversation didn't come up for days. Like it was, it was seriously, it was like, yeah, it was quiet. Yeah. Like nobody, nobody even wanted to talk about it. And I'm commissioner of a few leagues and no one even texted me. Like nobody said a (laughs) fucking word hats off. Like, yeah. Thank God I've got the right fucking people. We're in people. some good leagues. Yeah, yeah we're in some <laughs> like, good leagues. <laughs> like, uh, because it's difficult. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to win this way. Nobody wants to lose this way. Nobody wants to talk about football this way. My opinion as a commissioner is typically to let those two teams just decide amongst themselves. I don't think there's a right answer. I don't think there's a wrong answer. As long as first and second place, whoever they would be, whatever order they might end up in, I don't give a shit. Put no name on the trophy. Put both names on the trophy. Put, put fucking Demar Hamlin's name on the trophy. Like I don't care what you do, as long the, the, as a commissioner, your job's just to keep things moving forward. And I would just task people to ask those people, first, second, and third place. It all matters. It matters for all three of those. Um, for them to decide amongst themselves. If it doesn't work, if you can't, if if they can't come to an agreement, then ultimately somebody will have to make a decision especially if money's involved. If it's a free league, nobody gives a fuck, right? Like if, it, if you're talking about a, a free league or a $10 league, not that $10 isn't important, but this really only comes into effect when we're talking about real money in the purse. Like that's when it matters. Those players yeah, I, typically, I think have enough understanding of what fantasy football is, what it means and what the NFL means. They're going to resolve it amongst themselves. You're probably really only have an issue out of these low pot leagues. I think it's the only leagues you're going to have any issue because these are more casual players who are typically probably more, a little more self-centered, right? I'm just, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm projecting here, making some stuff up, but these are players who aren't quite as serious about fantasy football as let's say players who have hundred plus dollar buy-ins. Like I, I expect those leagues to manage themselves. And for the most part, my answer is uh, let the first and second place team make a decision let the third and fourth place team make a decision and then honor that decision. Don't, don't try to step in and force something because you're the commissioner. What I would do personally in this situation, I, I guess I still don't know. Like it still doesn't make sense to me. Nobody wants to win this way. Nobody wants to win this way. And nobody wants to lose this way either, especially if it was a close game. Um, I agree with what you said though, Daniel. And, and ultimately there does have to be a winner and a loser. If you're in a situation where it's a really close game, I think points four for the season is a very reasonable tiebreaker. Um, but then ultimately it goes back to what do those teams agree on? And I'll just leave it at that. I yeah, think that's, that's fair too. 
it's it's a long drawn out season and a lot of people put a lot of effort into it so you know i also don't blame the people that say you know let's just wait and see if they play it you know just just because that would decide the fate right there you know let's just wait and see and even if by this weekend um you know they they call the game it's um it's kind of one of those things where they just have to accept the fate, but I, I totally get those people too. I would, you know, I would of... absolutely support a resolve where an agreement was made pending the game's not played. Like if this is really over, right. 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 And then, but we don't know if it is. And, and then the carrot to that is going to be, well, if the game is played, these players have to be playing and they have to take it seriously. Like it can't be a week 19 game that doesn't matter because if that's the case, then you may as well just not play the game at all. Does that make sense? Like it gets, it gets more confusing. It gets more difficult when we do it that way. But under the condition that all of the superstars were on the field and they were actually playing for the, for the number one seed, right? If, like, if that's what's really happening, then I suppose that makes sense. Let's pick it back up. Let's finish this game. Uh, I think that's kind of a long shot. That makes it more difficult. Before, yeah. uh, before we get to best bets of the week, I just... Thank you guys for having that conversation. I know like it's not really an important one, but it's a thing that, you know, it's, it's an, it's a situation that everybody's dealing with. And I think we've done a good job of not being disrespectful to the situation. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. We don't have, we don't have a platform that's, you know, we don't have advertisers or anybody that's going to be mad at us and cancel us. So um, I'm just glad you guys are comfortable enough to have that conversation. I know a lot of people aren't, aren't having these conversations, but, I, you know, I, I think it's worth talking about. It wasn't comfortable, but I think sure. um, I think it was a conversation worth having. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Good show. All right. Um, hit it, hit it, Tony. I'm trying to think of a cheesy... Uh, I, I can't do it. Just hit the button. Best of the week! <laughs> Welcome back to Best Bets of the Week. This is the segment where Daniel and I square off each and every week. We both pick four games. I've picked four spreads. Daniel picks four over-unders. And at the end of the season, there's a winner, there's a loser. And the week before the Super Bowl, we take shots. The loser takes shots and is punished. Uh, the loser may not think that is a punishment. Uh, Tony might, but I don't think he's not in a, he's not in a losing situation here. Me, me and you are on the same page. Let's take more shots. <laughs> um, all right. I think so. I was looking back at my bets last week. I think you I, picked so, the Bills Bengals game, right? I did pick that game. I'm fine with chalking it up as nothing or a draw yeah, or whatever. No. Uh, so one and two. We won't even. Me. Yeah, we we won't even push it. One and two for me for, for, for Vegas. Okay. And like we were talking about this at work today, like. They they obviously voided all the bets for that game, and somebody was like, "Well, what if they? Well, if they replay the game, there's going to be different odds. Like it's a different situation. So, in that scenario, the the thing that made the most sense for was for them to void it. Like somebody was kind of yeah. mad. Like, hey, you know, if if they would have played the rest of the game out, you know, I I would have hit my bet. Or if they do play mm-hmm. it out, but. There's no telling. Yeah, even at that point, if the game is played, the odds are going to be different. So it's other than Tyler Boyd to score a touchdown, all bets like put. It's all tossed out. Yeah. Any well, anything that happened, cash right? Like who's who's Boyd scored the first touchdown, right? 
I think so. That was seven to three when they called it. Five fifty-eight left in the first. Yeah, Tyler Boyd scored the first touchdown. So if you had that bet, it cashed. So you still got that. Um, my first game of the week. Kansas City travels to Vegas. Uh, Vegas just played the 49ers really tough, but uh, they're kind of in shambles right now. Kansas City is still playing for the one seed. Kansas City is a much better football team. Kansas City is favored by nine and a half. Um, I, 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 every now and then I take these big spreads, and when I do it, I really like them. And I just I don't see Vegas showing up for this one. Their, their season's over. Uh, I know Stidham played really well, but I've got Kansas City minus nine and a half at Vegas. Nice. Um, I've got one of the two Saturday games this week, Titans at Jags. This is for all the marbles. Uh, this is for the winner of the division. Um, Derrick Henry miraculously is all healthy again. Oh, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> But, um, yeah, this, this is going to be for the division. I think it's going to be a good game. Last year, even when this game didn't matter, um, I feel like the Titans played the Jags, and it was a high-scoring game week. Seven, well, it would have been week 18 again uh, last year. But this, uh, this one's sitting at 39-and-a-half. That seemed too low to me. Um, I'm going to take the over on that. I know it's a divisional game, um, but I think the Jags have a good enough offense with the Titans secondary to – um, you know, exploit that matchup there. And, you know, Derrick Henry is just a, you know, a mauler. Um, and also um, the Titans wide receiver, Traylon Burks makes all the difference in that Titans offense when he's in. So um, 39 and a half, take the over on Titans Jags. Um, our second game of the week, I've got the, the New York Jets are traveling to Miami. Uh, Tua still in concussion protocol. I'm assuming it's going to be Bridgewater again. But, Bridgewater, um, no, no, you're wrong. Be, what, be, Bridgewater, he, dislo- he, yeah. he dislocated his pinky. Is he playing? Uh, as of earlier today, he was not planning on playing. So, okay. I, yeah, I'm on the, I was waiting on that. I don't know. Regardless, Tua isn't playing. I'm on the Dolphins page right now. Uh, Thompson getting first team reps. Yeah, Dolphins on third-string quarterback. They are playing for a playoff position. New York Jets are eliminated. I just I don't feel real confident in the Dolphins this week, whether it's Bridgewater or Thompson. Um, and the Jets, they do play tough. Uh, Zach Wilson, you know, the Jets came out today and said they're ride or die with, Jack, or with Zach Wilson still. He might come out slinging. Uh, it's a one-point line. The Jets are favored, which kind of doesn't seem right. And it's kind of the reason I'm I'm, I'm gravitated toward the towards this game. Um, I I think anybody on paper would probably pick Miami regardless of who's playing at quarterback. But uh, I I kind of see it as a trap game. I guess I'm taking the Jets minus one at uh, at Miami. I also have that game, um, and the. The future for Tua is kind of looking murky. So, and I know Miami needs a lot of help to make the playoffs. And so I was kind of chalking this game up as nearly meaningless to me when I was making these these bets here. Uh, the over-under is sitting at 38 and a half. And I actually, with the division game here, the Jets have a pretty good defense. Miami has a pretty good defense. I'm going to take the under um, on 38 and a half um, on this game. I, I don't see this being high scoring, like Corey said. 
We don't even have Teddy Bridgewater, which I wasn't super confident in that anyway, but now we have the third string guy. Mike White did not look good last week, and now he's facing kind of an underrated Dolphins defense. Um, so I I like the under this week at 38 and a half. I like it. Uh, my third game of the week, Atlanta or Tampa travels to Atlanta. Atlanta's favored by four and a half which is a very odd line to me. Uh, I think that's why I'm picking this game. It kind of seems like a trap game. Uh, I'm taking Atlanta minus four and a half. Um, On the flip side, the Bucs have secured the playoff position. They've won the division, so they don't really have a whole lot to play for. Um, But just, I guess, with the lines here, you would think Tampa would be the favorite, and they're losing four and a half points. So, uh, or they're getting four and a half. Is it just the fact that they are just can't move up? They can't move up in the you know rankings right in the playoffs, so they they're probably going to play their starters for like a quarter or what is this? I don't know. I was looking to see if Tom Brady was maybe sitting out. That has to be the situation. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, I, I, yeah, they, I'm worried about this one. They're, they're locked into the four seed. So I've I've got Atlanta minus four and a half. It, it, I know it's an irrelevant game, but everybody's going to be betting Tampa just because it's Tampa and it's Tom Brady, but yeah, I'm really they, worried about this one. Hey, I feel you. I feel you, but you got to follow the money. So here, let's, let's see. 61% of the money's on Atlanta. 50, 56% of the public is on Tampa. Oh, sorry. I'm on money line. Let me switch the spread. Uh, it's real similar. 64% of the money's on Atlanta. 75% of the public's on Tampa at plus four and a half. It started as a pick em game, and the lines moved in favor of the public. So the public's now getting plus four and a half, which makes me think it's going to be Atlanta winning this football game and covering that, that four and a half. Fair enough. You're the better. Yeah. Bet they, I bet they think the same thing. It's just the Bucks are like, yeah, let's get a couple reps in. This is preseason week three, right? Um, my next game, Houston at Indy. Woo! <laughs> you going to the game this weekend, Tony? Yes. <laughs> hey, hey, real quick, not to not to talk about the Colts, but dude, Colts are like one or two in attendance this year. They were one a few weeks ago. Listen, Jim Mercy knows how to fill the seats, boys. And guess what? Tony's going to be there. Oh, <laughs> hey, and after they hired Jim Harbaugh and draft a rookie QB, you can bet those seats are going to be real full. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, these are two teams that need to lose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Houston could, Houston could lose the number one overall pick this week. Yeah. There is going to be a piss fan base. Whoever loses this game, Houston versus Indy, who's going to be pissed. <laughs> um, so I'm definitely taking the under like it is it, Vegas knows too. the higher odds are definitely on the under it's 38 and a half. Okay. And Nick Foles is going to be out. We got Ellinger versus Davis Mills is going to be replaced. And it is going to be an awesome game to watch in person, Tony. Good luck. Final game of the week for me. It's the most meaningful game of the week. Detroit travels to Green Bay. Oh, Lambeau yeah. Field. 
Sunday night football, week 18. Uh, the division's on the line, I think. No, 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 no. Vikings have the division. Playoff spots on the line. If Green Bay wins, they're in. Don't know what happens if Detroit wins. I think they probably need some help. But I don't know if Green Bay is all the way in. No, if they win, they're in. Something has to happen with Seattle, right? Nope. If they win, they're in. It's okay. a weird tiebreaker thing. They're they're like third in line right now, but if they win, they're in. I don't right. know. How to, right. I, I can't explain it to you, but it's it's Great. real. Love it. Um, Crazy. Green awesome. Bay is favored by four and a half. As much as Green Bay chokes in the playoffs, I think they're going to be able to show up for this football game. I could see them really turning it up on on the Lions. They've been hot. Green Bay is one of the hottest teams in football, which is a really scary thing once you get to the playoffs. Like I think about the Giants as a wild card beating uh, the undefeated Patriots back in the day. They came in as a wild card, just really hot, started off slow. Green Bay started off slow. This is, Green Bay is not a team you want to play right now. Um, I could see this being a way bigger deficit than four and a half. If it, it, it could get ugly. Uh, I've got Green Bay minus four and a half at home, Sunday night football, most meaningful game of the week. Do you have that stuff in front of me, uh, Corey? Can the Panthers still make the playoffs or are they out? Panthers, uh, I can tell you. I think they're out because of the Bucks they're, last week. They're eliminated. They make, yeah, yeah. Um, so my last game of the week, Panthers at Saints. Both these teams have been eliminated. The over-under is 41 and a half. It's another division game. It's two defenses that are pretty underrated and two offenses that are pretty underwhelming. Um, and that being said, they're probably going to try out some players that they – have on the roster that they may want to look at to see if they want to keep. So I don't expect starters to play the whole time. Um, you know, maybe three ish quarters, but 41 and a half. I'm taking the under on Panthers saints. Um, Panthers are in a complete rebuild and saints need a new quarterback. And they know that we might even see a little Jameis sighting. Um, who knows on, on this game is a, it's a complete wild card. I think it's gonna be a trash fest. 41 and a half. Take the under on that. Wow. Is that it? Is that all of them? It's all yeah, it's a, it's a rough week. Tommy. It's a rough week. Tommy. So I've got, and you I've are going to see the roughest of the rough right in burst. Why are you talking about that again? We don't, we don't <laughs> need to bring that up. We're going to text you about it every day until you go. So Chiefs minus nine and a half against the Raiders. I already bet Niners at minus 10, right? And I feel like this is... A better bet. I'm taking the Chiefs minus nine and a half. Titans, Jaguars over 40. That one seems easy to me also. So now I'm struggling with my third leg here. Here's my thought process. The Jets minus a point. That was Corey's bet. Is that right? Yes, sir. I think I like that one best. But the problem is there's really nothing to gain for them here. Other than to prove that they're a good team, which... I think There's we, a lot to gain for Zach Wilson. I, Zach I, Wilson's got a lot to gain. That's true. That's true. Zach Wilson does have a lot to gain. I look at the Panthers Saints game. That oh, that that's forty one and a half. It's really low. I mean, that's really low. That, that it's hard for me to subscribe to that. Uh, let's see a couple other games we talked about. What the Lions Packers? Corey, you brought up good points. It's hard to. I mean, Green Bay is hot hot right now. I don't want to bet against Green Bay either. But the Lions are so explosive. 
there's a chance that they can't, the Green Bay can't keep up with them. You two, was there a bet? So help me break this tie, guys. I need one more bet between the two of you. Is I there, got you. I got you. Is there one you both agree on? Like, was there you. one that you both loved? What about the game you're going to see? I'm not betting that game. <laughs> I bet the under on the game you're going to see. I'm not doing that. I, I'm bet, not doing it. Bet the biggest game of the week on Sunday Night Football, the last game of the regular season. Take the Packers, dude. Packers have won five out of the last seven. Lions have won seven out of the last nine. That's not convincing. <laughs> that's Two not of the convincing. hottest teams in football. Dude, put the money on the game that's going to be the most exciting, the most important. You got something to look forward to all Sunday after your first two legs hit. Or we were just talking about being conservative, taking the money, leaving it at two legs. That's got to be plus 250, right? It's plus two, 264. Mm-hmm. Just you leave just it take, at two. You can just take two it. legs. Roll it, Tony. Leave it at two. Two it is. $25 pays $91.11. Two games. You wouldn't be happy with that? I'd be happy with that. There you go. There you go. There you have it. There you have it. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. So I... I have an eight leg parlay that is still live in the NFL and I put it on the first week of November and it was every division winner.